Welcome to Church Restricted, a four-part teaching on holiness, marriage, sexuality, and relationships. This series is written and presented by Todd Hunter and is brought to you by The Way Community Bendigo. Find out more at the-way.com.au. We pray that this teaching blesses you. Fun little series. Um, yeah, we've uh, we started off. We're talking about on the first week on life as in Christ as a single and uh, what that can look like. And last week we dealed with the extremely awkward subjects of pornography and masturbation. Tonight's going to be a little bit lighter, I hope. <laughs> um, uh, tonight we're going to be discussing dating, engagement, and marriage. So um, could could be a, a really good subject for I don't know one or two of you perhaps. Yeah, yeah you're all really keen. That's great. Um, our our society is pushing a whole bunch of stuff on us about what this whole process is supposed to look like. It, and that's getting pushed on us from everything from Barbie through to our movies. And, um, you know, it, the, we have the, this stuff that shapes our ideas of what this whole process is supposed to look like going from um, uh, singleness into marriage and uh, the whole knight in shining armour business and all that sort of thing, whether... Whether you recognise it or not, you have actually been socially engineered from childhood by this stuff. So I'm going to try to, in one evening, undo all of that (laughs) Um, and to to paint an image of what does it look like biblically and, and... Christian culture-wise, can I put it that way? Does that make sense? What, what does good, healthy Christian culture look like when it comes to this process of dating, engagement and marriage? All right. So for the first thing, let's, let's just start off by talking about the whole process of dating. What does people think of... The, the concept of dating. Well, get, throw some stuff out to me. When you think of the word dating, what comes to mind? Man, you guys are a great crowd. <laughs> Come on. What? what? Know someone. Yeah. Are they a good fit for marriage? Okay. Yeah. No, like you can go the worldly perspective. That'd actually be helpful. That would be helpful. Yeah, yeah, nightclubs, Tinder, I'm just saying it for the recording. Yeah, that, that is very much today's culture. Absolutely. Um, anyone else? Hard work, like there's two sides of that in the sense that, you know, today's worldly culture, dating is too hard, I'll just have some casual relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you think of dating, what does it look like? What, 
what does, you know, going on a date, dating someone, what does it, what does those things actually look like? Dinner and a movie. <laughs> okay, yeah, fair enough. Good. A drive and don't joke, tell the rest of the world your real self. An empty wallet. <laughs> I like it, an empty wallet. Yeah. Yeah. Don't show your real self. That's yeah, above all else, look good. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. Um, all right, so from a Christian perspective, where do, I, now, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of approaching this tonight from the perspective of like Papa Todd, right? So I'm, I'm talking to my family, I'm talking to my extended family. Um, so I'm, I'm going to try to give you some of my ancient wisdom um, and yeah, that's right. You got Yoda here. All right. So on the front of dating, what do I think about it? For the most part, I'm actually against it. And there's a whole bunch of qualifiers around that, but I want to explain why. If the purpose is to actually get to know someone, if dating, if the purpose of dating is to get to know someone, it's probably about the worst way that you can go about it. A far better way to get to know someone is to do community with them. And where is a great place to do community with people? In the church, in the body of Christ, in, in spiritual community, spiritual relationship is actually the best place to get to know someone. Why? Sorry? Well, because your guard comes down, you're not trying to impress. And I think that that's the thing is that you actually want to get to know. It, let's, let's take tonight's framework as being you are a person that is heading towards marriage. Wherever you are along the journey, we kind of will journey this together in an academic sense, right? So at this point in time, if you're looking for someone to marry, you want to get to know them. The best way to get to know them is to do life with them and do that in community without all the pressure and the intention of the, you know, the, the future of marriage. So what am I talking about by that? I'm talking about doing life as brothers and sisters in Christ. And like I said on the first week, the, the thing as a believer that you've got to to actually get your head around is that when the time comes to marry, you're actually gonna be marrying your brother or sister in the Lord. And, and you've, got to, you've got to actually have your head around the fact that, that this person that you're going to marry is first your brother in Christ or sister in Christ, first. And for a lot longer than that, they are going to be your brother and sister in Christ. You see, as much as I love my darling wife, we will not be husband and wife in heaven. I'm sure that we will still be great mates, but the, the purpose of marriage is an earthly one. Uh, the, the cool thing about this is that my son and my daughter are going to be my brother and sister as well. So... 
The, the first thing that you've got to do is start to get an eternal and a heavenly perspective on who this person actually is that you're seeking to marry. And society puts a whole bunch of templates up on what that person is supposed to be. And they could be your hero, they could be your provider, they could be your sexual object, they could be uh, the person who is going to rescue you, right? there's There's a whole bunch of templates that the world puts up and says, this is what you get married for is for these things. But as followers of Jesus Christ, the reason that you are going to marry is because you are going to be my primary focus for edifying, building up, equipping, sowing into, investing into. You are going to be the one that I'm going to focus my attention on in partnering to do the work of the kingdom of God. That is what marriage is about as believers. So the first thing that I'd suggest is get used to being brothers and sisters in Christ. And if you find that you can do that, that's actually the start of a great relationship. And uh, Britt and I, we're able to talk Um, personally to that because we were brother and sister in the Lord, near on brother and sister just in the way we were doing life. Um, uh, I've I've known Brit since what, grade three or something? Yeah, goes back a long, long way. Um, And yeah, I I grew up in the Charlton household. I, I married my best friend's sister. How small town's that, right? Um, so we've got, we've got common memories that go right back into our childhood. So I, I can actually say from first-hand experience, it's a good thing to marry your inverted commas for the sake of recording, sister. <laughs> it's actually a good thing. It's, it, as believers, that's what you want to find is you want to find a brother or sister in the Lord who you, you can see that you could do the rest of your life with. So that's the, the first thing. Second thing, if you want to be ready to be a good husband or a good wife, start being that to your community around you. What, am I, what do I mean by that? Well, guys, care for your sisters your spiritual sisters around you. And not only your sisters, think about your spiritual mums as well, right? Uh, A a woman is watching how you treat your mum and how you treat your sister. And in the body of Christ, you've got a lot of sisters and a lot of mums, right? And so if you want to be the kind of man that, that... a woman looks at and says, you know, there's husband material. Think about the way that you treat your wives and mums in the Lord. The same thing for for you ladies. How can you be a wife in that sense to the community 
that you're a part of. You know, that, that's, that sort of thing is what helps frame up life. You see, life as, as husband and wife is a microcosm of life in the body of Christ. What, what is born out of, everything that's going on around you at the moment is born out of this, out of our relationship, uh, it, the, the, the marriage we've had, the family that we've, we've had has been the foundation from which we've been able to spring into inputting into others' lives. Am I making sense? So to find your way into that, Community is a great place to, to start expressing that and in, in the way that you care for and serve each other. Treat each other with respect and honour. Start being the, the husband. You know, if you're looking for a wife, you're looking for a husband, start being the kind of man, the kind of woman that someone would want as a husband or a wife. It's no, you know, I've, I've, I know of men that I've, I've known in the past who, you know, they, they won't look after their bodies, they, they won't um, take care of their belongings and they're mooning around, oh, I, I want to get married, I don't have a wife, and it's like, well, look at you. You know, I, honestly, who would want to marry that? I know that that sounds terrible, but... Come on, ladies, you, you want a guy who's going to be able to do some things like hang a nail and, and mow a lawn and, you know, you clean a toilet. That's right. Yeah, exactly. There's how you win them. <laughs> Take a shower. <laughs> yeah. So learn about each other in community. And... Uh, Think about things like, you know, whenever you, like in life, you, you are going to uh, have times where you get infatuated with other people, right? Infatuation is part of the process. What do I mean by infatuation? Starry-eyed love, you know, oh, he's just gorgeous, right? Now, you know, um, I, I can't say that, um, Ellie and Ethan were ever quite like that. Were, both of them were a little more stoic. But when there were times that there were people that they had a, an interest in, one of the th- questions that we would always ask, and I think that this is a, a really healthy thing for, for everyone, is what is it about that person that you find attractive? And this is a really important question because people get hung up, they meet someone, they, they get infatuated with them, they, they get attracted to them, but they never stop to ask the question, why? And by, by just looking at what is it about that person that I value actually helps you to divorce your feelings from the individual and perhaps turn them to the values that are in that person that you eventually want to see in your husband or wife. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you might be looking at him and, oh, he's just dreamy, he's tall, dark and handsome. And oh. Now, that might be something that, that you're looking for. Ladies, you might want the tall, dark, handsome, brooding type if that's, if that's what you're 
you're attracted to, but what is it about this particular tall, dark, handsome, brooding guy that's got your attention? Is it just his looks? Because if you go, yes, it's just his looks, right there and then you realise this is not a great value system to be wanting to start to build a relationship on. You, you see what I'm saying? But if you're looking at this guy and you're going, man, I, I just, every time I see him in worship, he's just lost in worship. That's, to me, that's something that's really attractive. Right? You, so you're starting to, to recognise the values of the individual that's drawing your attention. And as a single, I want to encourage you, especially because you all talk to one another, right? Uh, you know, you see some guy and, oh, yeah, did you see him? I'm sure that goes on. Did, do young people still do that today? Did, right? <laughs> right? Check each other. Check each other by, by just asking the question, what is it about him or what is it about her that you value? And it will help you start to identify not just what it is about that person that you value, but also start to build a framework of what you are actually looking for in a husband or wife. Now, who here, be bold, put your hand up, who has or has at some point written a list, a shopping list, a husband or wife shopping list, yes? Excellent, that's really good. Now, considering values, how, looking at your list, how well did you think you went with that? I mean, is it a shallow list or was it, did you have some healthy values on that list? Have, have a think about that. So when it, in the church, in the body of Christ, when it comes to dating, it really shouldn't be dating, but it should be courtship. I'm going to use that word, courtship. Now, now, what is courtship? Because that's an old-fashioned word. Courtship means building a relationship with the intent for marriage. Um, now, as believers, we're, we're already seeking to build an intentional lifestyle, yeah? So at, as we're, we're relating with each other, Rather than, as someone said, I think Tim said before, you know, like the world, rather than doing all the hard work of building deep relationships, will pursue casual relationships. And often dating is seen as a way of, of engaging in those casual relationships. But I want to take some time to talk about the, the concept of courting. But before we do, let's just go back to that, issue of infatuation. Infatuation is going to happen and it is supposed to happen. Right? <laughs> um, but recognise it for what it is. That burst of emotion and attraction you feel towards someone is meant to light a flame in you to act. The question is, how are you going to act? Now, 
You're certainly not going to respond the way the world does, getting inflamed with lust and acting on that. But in infatuation, it's time to take stock and determine, is this attraction values-based or is it something else? So what I'm trying to help you to do is see that when it comes to launching into relationships, what is the foundation that that relationship is launching into? Are you attracted to them? Yes, great. Is the attraction just physical? Or is there, is there deeper things in there that, that is drawing you to that individual? But in an environment like this. So in the way, how on earth do you get to make the first step? Um, you know, if you're doing life with the girl and have got to know her and uh, she knows you already and you've got a wonderful relationship as brother and sister in the Lord, how do you get from there to something more, right? Uh, guys, how do you escape the swamp of the friend zone? <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> Right? Uh, you know, girls, how, how do you get... You ask really nicely and then you wait six weeks for the answer. Testimony time. <laughs> so, girls, how, how do you get him to see you as a woman and not just a sis? Right? It's how do you how do you cross the line? And to add uh, to the extra awkwardness of our community in particular, uh, we all know each other really well. And let's face it, you're not going to get away with anything much under the radar in this in this particular fellowship. Add to that. The place is full of prophets and seers and discerners and dreamers. It's, it's a veritable minefield of supernatural senses picking up on your every move. And with all this intentional lifestyle, how do you get to a casual meeting or conversation without the other party picking up on it and reading it as a first step to marriage. It's just a coffee. But I understand our intentional lifestyle. If you've invited me for a coffee, you're thinking about marriage. Right? So how, how, how on earth do you cross that line? Well, this is actually the awful, terrifying and wonderful part of community. The fact is, the brutal, unrelenting, inescapable fact is, it will never just be your relationship. It never is. So let's look at some practical first steps. Now, 
People are watching. They're listening. They're hearing from the Lord. They're, you know, like when, when Britt and I were first starting to get together, I was out for lunch with my family and, and it was time to go off to youth group and, oh, look, I'm going to have to go. It's time for youth group. My father grabs me by the arm and says, <laughs> trying to do this with a straight face, son, don't miss the call of God on your life. <laughs> See, when, when we started getting together, um, you've got to understand, like, my mum and Brit's mum, they're best friends, <laughs> right? Brit's, Brit's parents and my parents were, were pastors, co-pastors in the church together. Um, I, was, I was leading the worship team. Britt was the, the um, main piano player in the church. Everybody knew us and everybody was watching. And, and uh, uh, now you, some of you might find this interesting, but I started to get this feeling that the time was approaching for me to marry. I hadn't even had a girlfriend, guys. I, I hadn't even really like taken a girl out on a date or anything like that. But I just had this, this sense in God that the time was coming for, for me to marry. Now, while this is going on, Brit has had uh, feelings rise for me, which she had then thoroughly suppressed and had, had put down and tried to kill because, uh, yeah, for a year, yeah, because, you know, it was pretty obvious the trajectory that, that this guy Todd was on and, like, who wants to sign up for that, right? And, and uh, so a year goes past and, and uh, the feelings come back and... Uh, yeah, I, I knew that something was up and it's terrible. Guys, please don't do this, right? This is not an example of what to do. This is probably like everything of what not to do. But I was, I, I was getting, you know, kind of a spiritual whiff, I guess, that there was something going on and... Uh, and Britt came up to me at, at the midweek meeting and said, Todd, can, can we have a chat? I, I want to have a coffee, that's right. And I'm, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm a bit busy. I'll catch up with you later. <laughs> and yes, I know, you're all going to hate me, aren't you? <laughs> he said we'd catch up in two days. That's right, at, at the um, music practice. So the music, <laughs> yeah. I know, it's just, it's just terrible, right? Yeah, thank you, thank you. So you should be up here, you should be up here helping me with this story. So uh, the, the thing is, you've got you to understand, right, that being, like, I've, I've been talking with my mentor pastor about stuff and, and Britt's mum and my mum my have been talking and, you know, it's, Stuff going on. I'm telling you this because I want you to understand 
well, I want you to understand how big a mess I made and it still worked out well, right? <laughs> but, but also I want you to understand what happens with community, right? This, this is actually what goes on. So um, music practice came around. I'm still terrified. And um, Britt approaches me and... Didn't approach you. Didn't you? You didn't approach me. I no. Right, okay. So that's right. So music practice went by and I didn't approach her. And uh, I go home and I'm greeted at the front door by my mother standing there in her her dressing gown and slippers, tapping her foot and (laughs) tapping her fingers. And she says to me, did you talk to Brit tonight? Now... I just want you to notice something. I hadn't told my mother that Brit had asked to speak to me, yet somehow she knows. This at the time, because of my terror, didn't occur to me. But in retrospect, I began to see that there were other powers at work. Yes. And she said, did you speak to Brit tonight? I said, no, I didn't speak to Brit tonight. She said, you get on the phone and you, you ring her right now. Mum, it's, it's 11 o'clock. When did that get in the way of you young people? You go ring her and right now, you go speak to her. So I get on the phone and I know it's such a mess. It's so terrible. It's not, it's whatever the knight in shining armour story is, this is not it. But, um, uh, yes, yeah, so I, I rang Brit and Brit, by this point, is furious with me and rightly so. Is that right, ladies? Yes, yeah, so there's a lot of nods around the room. <laughs> this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I, I ring up and I, I get Brit's mum. I say, hi, Belinda, is, is Brit there? And Brit says... If that's Todd, tell him I've already gone to bed. (laughs) And so Belinda says, she's right here. I'll just get her for you. (laughs) So uh, I'm telling this story to point out that when you are in community, that sort of stuff is going to go on. You can't escape it. But it's actually not a bad thing, right? Because poor Todd needed a little bit of a shove in the right direction, right? He just needed a little bit of help. Dad saying, don't miss the call of God in your life, son. That wasn't helping. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, I don't think that did either. But but you understand what I'm saying. You know, these, these people, they had our best intentions in mind. They were looking out for both of us and, and they, they saw something that was good and healthy and they wanted it to succeed. And conversely, don't you want people in your life who are, have enough relationship and enough love for you to actually come to you and say, you know what, I see what you're walking into and I believe it's a mistake and I want you to consider what you're doing and to stop. Wouldn't you like to have people that care enough for you 
to do that or, or care enough to give you an encouragement and to say, look, I know it might seem a bit scary, but go give her a call. Or, you know, that's what community actually is. And that's why when, for instance, Ben and Sherry got married, we all celebrated, right? It's because we all, we're all in agreement that this is a wonderful union and we, we wanted to celebrate that with them because that's community. So your relationship, if you are a believer, if you are a follower of Christ, your relationship will never just be yours. There's a whole community that's actually going to be invested in it. And I want you to see that as healthy. I also want for all of you young singles to recognise that that this little black duck has developed a little more discernment over the years. Brit too has got a gift of discernment and we've, we're surrounded with people that have got prophetic insight and so forth. You know, we really love you guys and we do have your best interests at heart. And so if... There came a time where as spiritual mum and dad, we were to approach you and say, hey, what you're doing here, I don't believe that it's healthy for you. I want to address this now while it's cold. Like I'm, I'm looking around the room, I've got singles all over the place. I want you to understand, I want you to hear me now while it's not an issue. Am I making sense? That we care for you, we love you, we want the best for you. Because we want the best, there may come a day where we, we find ourselves having to say, hey, stop, consider what you're doing. That is love. That's community. We also might come beside you and say, like the Lord did, have you considered my servant Job? <laughs> right, we, <laughs> there, it's, yeah, it's, you know, in, in, in India, the vast majority of marriages in India are arranged marriages. And they are most commonly arranged by their parents. And we all think that this is horrifying. But to the average Indian person, it makes perfect sense. My parents have known me all my life. They want nothing but the best for me. They are not going to let some snake slither under the gate. They're going to make sure that the man that I marry is a good, good man. Yeah? In the same way, if... You have someone, a spiritual mentor, spiritual father, someone like that who comes alongside of you and says, have you considered my servant Job? <laughs> have you considered this person? Don't take offence to that. Actually consider 
what those people who love you and care for you are actually saying to you. Because sometimes age and wisdom can see things actually a little bit ahead of you. Maybe you're a little bit um, fearful or a little bit uh, unsure. To have someone who has the freedom to speak into your life like that can actually help a whole lot of hurt and pain. And, you know, I'm wanting to paint the picture of what community can actually be, how healthy it can be for you. All right, so let's get back to the idea of first steps. Boy meets girl. Boy is infatuated with girl. Boy decides infatuation is more than just attraction as he considers the values Boy thinks that girl might like boy. The signs seem good. So what next? Well, somewhere or another, you're going to have to spend more time together, right? And um, that might be easy to do in groups and group settings. They will definitely allow relationships to grow. But getting over the Great River Platonic can be a, a big challenge indeed. So in an environment like this, how, how would you do that? Well, I, I was listening to uh, John Bevere and John and Lisa Bevere and they were talking with their sons and one of the things that um, uh, they were talking about was I, I would sum it up as the low-key date, right? At some point you've got to start spending some time together but... It doesn't have to be the big date. It can be going out for a coffee, going out for a meal, something like that, where it's you know, perhaps public but alone. What do I mean by that? Well, if it's the two of you sitting at a restaurant or sitting in a coffee shop together, you're spending time, just the two of you, but it's in a very healthy public environment. You understand what I'm saying? So by doing things like that, um, you, the low-key date is a great way to just start crossing the platonic river and starting to uh, look at how this relationship might form into something else. But I would suggest holding off on all the romantic and emotional gestures at the start. Just spend time together and use the chance to get to know each other better. But Todd, you might cry, all this community and intentional lifestyle, she will know what I'm up to. And worse, others will cotton onto it as well and they'll all be talking. Um, But this is actually not all bad. At least if she is not remotely interested in your coffee or meal, it'll be a, or, or it might be a swift coffee or meal, at least you'll know where you stand before you get your emotions all wound up, right? And you've got, it's, it's much easier to step back to the other side of the river platonic um, if you haven't had some sort of, you know, been winding yourself up emotionally about this person. Am I making sense? All right, 
But what if she says yes to your coffee date? What if she wants that coffee with you? Now, the lie of the land is different. Now you're going to start considering each other in a different light. And here's where the trouble starts. Because remember what the scripture says, we, we, we um, quoted Song of Solomon on the first night. Do not awaken love before it's time. And these, you know, even as a low-key date, wow, she said yes. Oh, wow, he said yes. Suddenly you can start emotionally investing in, into this when it's not even appropriate time to begin allowing that love to awaken. And I'm, I'm hoping I'm, I'm making sense. Um, when it comes to what is okay in this time of dating or courtship, I prefer the term courtship. Can I offer this piece of advice? I'll, I'll point it to the boys if I can do it that way. If you would not like to hear that your wife did it with someone else, don't do it with this girl. Am I making sense? If you would not do it with someone else's wife, don't do it with this girl. Yes, obviously I'm talking about sex, but I'm also talking about a whole raft of actions that come down from that. Don't kiss her. Don't even hold her hand. Think, until she is your wife, she may be someone else's. Yeah? If you don't marry, here's the thing. I want you all to look around the room right now, right? Have a look at all the, especially all you singles. Make eye contact with each other for a moment. (laughs) Now, it's... Now, it's it's very easy... It's very easy to do this. Why? Because you've all got good, strong, healthy relationships. Now, if you were to go out on a date and break the sanctity of that relationship, I want you to think about this. In 10 years' time, when you're sitting in church, you've got your husband next to you and she's got her Uh, He's got his wife next to him, Uh, maybe a couple of kids in tow, and your eyes connect across the room, will you be able to look at that person without any guilty conscience? And that's that's what I'm talking about with this. You know, it's all, you think it's all very well to be all hot and heavy and with, with someone, but You've got to turn up on Sunday and praise the Lord with that girl. You've got to be able to look that guy in the eye. And what what if nothing comes of this relationship? And as I said, 10 years down the track, 
He's married to someone else. You're married to someone else. You've got a few kids in tow. Your kids are friends even. And you've got a guilty conscience every time you look at that person. Do you see what I'm saying? And I know that some of you are already in this boat. And the only thing that I can say to you is take it to the Lord. The Scripture says, if you will confess your sin, He is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. So if you have, if you have crossed that line, just take it to the Lord and repent and make it right. All right, let's talk about courtship. Courtship means spending time together because we are considering the idea of marrying one another. If you choose to court, it's time to start considering carefully whether you are going to be compatible life partners. This means starting to have real conversations, not romantic conversations. Real conversations about life expectations. Real conversations about what you think your life is going to look like and how you might see your lives working together. If you don't know where you're going in life, you are not going to do a good job finding a partner. Now, Danny Silk, in his um, series on, on marriage, he tells the story of a guy who's he's, he's on a plane, or he's, he's at the airport, rather, and he's, he's going to Denver. And he, he's, got a, he's, got, he's at LAX, and he's got a, a plane ticket to Denver. And he's, he's walking around the airport waiting for his flight. And as he's walking along, he meets this gorgeous girl. As, as he's talking with this girl, uh, she begins, they, he begins to get attracted to her, starts falling for her. So where are you going? Oh, I'm going to China. And he thinks, well, China, she's going to China. I, I, I could go to China. China sounds good. I tell you what I've got to do. I'm going to go to China. I'm going to. She's going to China. I'm going to China. I don't like Chinese food, but I'm sure they've got McDonald's there. I'll be fine. <laughs> She's going to China. I'm going to China. He goes. He trades in his ticket. He gets a ticket. We're going to China together. Right now, you're looking at me like this is crazy. Of course, it's crazy, right? You, but. This is what so many people do relationally is they, they don't know where they're really going in life or, or worse, they do know and they're ready to flippantly trade it in on the basis of someone that they've just met. So he goes, he gets his ticket to China. They're on the plane. They're sitting next to each other. This is great. We're off to China. We're having a great time in China together. One year goes by. Two years go by. Maybe three. And the guy's sitting there going, what the heck am I doing in China? I'm supposed to be in Denver training horses. 
but I'm sitting here in a rice paddy and it's all because of her. Huh? You see, if you don't know where you're going with your life and you're going to flip-flop direction based on some guy or based on some girl, I'm telling you, all it is going to lead to is you being disappointed. Now, if that guy's on a plane to Denver and he meets a nice girl on the plane going to Denver, now we've got a different story. Are you understanding what I'm saying? They're they're already heading in the same direction. And so relationship and life goals and expectancy are all in alignment. And so I I just want to say that when it comes to courtship, it needs to be about making sure that you are on the same plane that you are heading in the same direction. And I am just, I am constantly amazed at people who ignore all of these signals and insist on driving down a path to marriage. Now, I had, I had, um, uh, there, you know, whenever someone's getting married, I'll do a whole marriage counselling thing with them. Um, I was approached by a young woman who wanted to marry. Her, her pastor was unavailable and um, she had another, uh, uh, you know, church pastor friend who also couldn't do her wedding. And uh, she came to me and she asked, would you marry me? Now, typically I'm not going to do that. But as I started to hear the story, I was like, you know what? I am going to offer to marry these two. I said, yeah, I'll marry you. But you're going to have to do my counselling series as part of the preparation for your marriage. If you're willing to do that, then I'll happily do it. Now, She was a Christian. He was not, like very not. And they came came along to my first session where I gave them, which I will give you in a moment, my hundred awkward questions. Um, And I put those questions under their nose and they never came back. Now, I don't know what happened. I don't know if they got married or if they didn't. I never heard from them again. Uh, But just faced with these was enough to scare them off permanently. Now, I'm actually going to give these out tonight. I don't know that I'm going to have enough for everyone. So I might ask, can we um, keep it for the singles? Um, uh, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So you should be fine. But um, let's let's move on. All right, you've 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 had some time courting. You decide that you're going to get married. 
So it's time to get engaged, right? So engagement, that's great. That means a diamond ring and it means a party and it means gifts. And that's, that's engagement, right? Yeah? No. No. You can have those things if you want to. But engagement is a time to get ready to be married. What, one thing I will say about engagement, it is not relational limbo that you can hang on to in perpetuity. Uh, by this point in relationship, romance and emotions are in full swing. Love, by this point I'm sure, has definitely been awakened. The fuse is lit and rapidly burning. And, and so you now need to be moving towards marriage. And I, I don't agree, especially for believers. If Let me put some caveats on this. If I'm talking about people who love the Lord, have got a good relationship with Jesus Christ, have been living intentionally, have courted, have recognised our lives are on a similar path together, we are heading in, in the right direction, it is good for us to marry, then good, marry and marry quickly. And what I mean by that is take whatever time you need to get organised to be married, but don't fall into the trap of thinking that I need to have you know, 20 grand or 50 grand together and we need to have a mortgage on a house and uh, we need to have the, the matching beamers. And oh, Sorry, people. No, no, honestly, there are people who they won't marry because they feel like they don't have their stuff lined up. Put aside the fantasy. Please hear me on this. Put aside the fantasy and get married and start your life together, right? Most singles, by the time they're at this stage in their life, they're already sharing a house and they're, they're living with some other singles and you're just changing housemates, essentially. <laughs> um, so, I, you know, I, I want to break this idea that marriage is a $100,000 wedding and, and uh, a new house and, you know, dishwasher in the kitchen and all that sort of thing. Please, please get rid of those fantasies because that is what they are. You know, you don't need, hear me on this, girls, you don't need the big white wedding, right? So Now, I, I know I've got, two very happily married young women sitting here and with both of them, we had, I guess you would call it a community wedding and, and it was beautiful and it was fun and it was memorable and, and it was cheap. <laughs> yeah. But again, you know, we were talking about community how wonderful was it to be able to, like for you guys, to receive the input of family and friends 
and loved ones. That says relationship and community and family and and that's what a marriage is. That's what a relationship is. And so, you know, I want to encourage you that if you find yourself in that point where you are saying, we are choosing to get engaged, you're going to find me saying, well, when are you getting married? How soon before you are getting married? Because, I, you know, we understand that as Christians, what, what, what I don't want you to do is to put yourself in a place where temptation can destroy the purity of what God wants for you in your marriage. And so marry, marry quickly, marry properly. So as I said, engagement is preparation for marriage. And for us in the way, we as leaders, we take a lot of time to help you prepare. So I'm going to give out these 100 questions. This is not for you to go through now, okay? Uh, and some of, them, some of these questions are not going to apply. Dan, I'll get you to hand them out. We'll give them to the singles. I'm hoping we'll have enough for that. Uh, but I want you as singles to have a look at these questions. Now you might say, but Todd, I'm not even in a relationship. I understand that. But by exposing you to these questions, it's going to give you an opportunity. It's going to give you a framework to start thinking about what should I be expecting in my partner? Uh, what, what is in my life that I need to start dealing with? What can I start addressing and dealing with now before I even start a relationship? You know, are there things in, in my life, are there, there issues that I need to confront before I even begin the journey? As believers... The decision to marry is a covenant to support each other as you run the race for the prize in Christ Jesus. Anything beyond that is superfluous and probably contrary to your call, both individually and as a couple. The best thing to do if you find yourself in a strong healthy relationship and you can see that this could work, the best thing that you can do is marry and get on with the business of building the kingdom of God together. Now, marriage is in no way easy. Next week, we're going to talk about the, the keys and tools to help you build an amazing marriage. And even for us old marrieds, I'm sure there's going to be stuff that we can uh, apply or reapply into, into our lives as well. But while we celebrate, and I think it's really important that for us in the way community, we celebrate and we encourage and we champion people who are single 
But that doesn't mean that we stand against marriage, right? God, as, as I've said in other weeks, marriage is a symbol into, even to the principalities and powers of God's eternal plan. And so it's got a, a vital place and a vital role. If you're, the, if you're a person and you're saying, yes, I believe I'm going to marry, I hope that this, these questions kind of help you start framing up what that marriage is going to look like. I hope that you encourage each other in a healthy way in marriage. Do not do, not do friend, bestie, BFF, do not go dissing on your friend if they decide to test the waters on a relationship. Do not go dissing on your, your brother or sister in the Lord that they might be looking at and considering. But instead, help them soberly Consider the values of that relationship, right? The scripture says that we're to edify each other, to build each other up. So what that doesn't look like is, oh, why are you interested in him? He's gross, right? <laughs> right, that's, that's not edifying him, right? Just, just because you're not interested doesn't mean she can't be. Yep. So don't, don't despise the, the, the choices and the interests that your, your friends might have. You know, they, this is something that, that in a community as tight as this needs to be handled soberly. And, but... It needs to be in a way where we are, we are encouraging for those who are pursuing singleness. So the way I say it, if you're doing single right now, crank it up to 11, right? Do single flat out. Do it loud and proud. But if suddenly you decide, you know what? I think there might be a relationship there. We are not going to be holding. No, no, no. You said that you're doing single loud and proud. <laughs> no, you are allowed to change direction. And, and friends, you need to allow your friends to change direction. The scripture says that when one rejoices, we all rejoice. When one grieves, we all grieve. If there is a rejoicing in the heart of your, your friend, is they, they find someone that, that they're building a life partnership with, you rejoice with them in that. Encourage them and uphold them, especially in prayer. So Father, I just thank you for all of our, our singles in our community, both immediately in the way and, and beyond. Lord, for those who desire marriage, Lord, what right now we pray for the partners, Lord God for the future husbands and wives, wherever they are, Lord Jesus. Whatever they're doing, whatever part of the world they're in, 
Lord God, they, maybe they're sitting in the room with us. Maybe they're on the other side of the planet. We just, at this point, we don't know. But Lord, we pray for them. We uphold them. Lord, we ask you that you would keep them strong in the faith, that you would keep them pure. Lord, that you would prepare their heart and you would prepare their way. Lord, whatever paths uh, need to be directed in order for, for these people's paths to cross, Lord, we ask that there would be no work of the enemy that would stand against that taking place. But bring together, Lord, those that you have designed and planned to bring together. Cause them to find one another and cause it to happen in your due time. We ask, Lord, that there be no delay, no, no barriers, no, no boundaries that would separate these ones, but you would bring them together in your time. We pray this in Jesus' mighty, powerful name. Amen. Yeah. So, uh, questions, comments?